During your time on Earth, every one of your actions had a positive or a negative value, depending on how much good or bad that action put into the universe. Every sandwich you ate, every time you bought a magazine, every single thing you did had an effect that rippled out over time and ultimately created some amount of good or bad. You know how some people pull into the breakdown lane when there's traffic and they think to themselves, ah, who cares? No one's watching. We were watching. Surprise! In the first episode of the first season of The Good Place, Eleanor Shellstrap wakes up to Michael, the architect of the community that will be her afterlife. And soon thereafter, she is greeted with a whole bunch of other folks that apparently just got there and are ready to watch their welcome video to explain just how they got to The Good Place. Michael lays out that it is an elaborate point system basically a scale of good and bad, but it's not just making sure your good outweighs your bad that gets you in. You have to be the best of the best. Thank the Lord the Bible's clear that that's not how it really works. There's been a big mistake. The point system laid out in the show, though, is actually quite intriguing. It's not just a simple scale of the good and bad things that you've done, but it actually takes into account the ripple effects that your actions have on the world around you. It's a system that almost forces you to think of the consequences first. And though, of course, it's laid out in the Bible that really the only way to get to the good place is being saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the fact that your actions have consequences does not go unnoticed in any part of the Bible. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Michael kind of parrots this idea, mentioning that every sandwich you ate had an effect on the world around you. What the Bible is telling us here is that even things that we might deem as menial, even things that we might deem as non-important, should be thought of through the lens of our faith because of the grace that God has given us. What Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians is that it doesn't matter what you're doing. Even something as small as deciding what you're going to eat and drink needs to be thought of from God's perspective. And all the more so for the bigger things in our lives, how we handle our relationships, our marriage, parenthood, our jobs, the decisions that we make, all of them need to be viewed through the lens of God first, not us, not selfishly, not focused on what we want and what we think is best, but what God leads us to do. Do good because your father in heaven is good and because he has called you to be his ambassador. Just, you know, don't count on good deeds to get you into heaven. Because it doesn't technically work. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. When I'm around someone who I think is better than me, I try and drag them down to my level. That's why perfect Tahani is like my kryptonite. Well, even admitting that is an important step. And also, maybe don't listen to me. I would love not to listen to you. Wait, what? Basically, my life's work is 3,600 pages of garbage. Even Michael couldn't understand it. So? What does Michael know? Everything. That's my point. He knows everything, and it was too convoluted, even for him. Michael does not know everything. Michael does not know I'm not supposed to be here. 
You wrote 4,000 pages on one of the most complicated subjects in the world. I mean, I used to get bored halfway through writing a text message. In the third episode of the first season of The Good Place, we find Chidi being confronted by Michael, who is trying to convince him to give up his life's work and find a new hobby now that he's in The Good Place. And it kind of makes sense because his life's work was writing an entire 4,000-page dissertation on human ethics, which, you know, now that you're in the afterlife, maybe not such a big priority. Ultimately, he's convinced by Eleanor that this is what he likes to do. It wasn't just some sort of assignment or, or mission. It was his hobby. And not everybody always understands your hobbies. And when people don't understand it, they often don't like it. And when they don't like it, they're going to try and convince you that you shouldn't like it either. We find that all the time in nerd circles. Video games are a big deal. There are a lot of people on the outside of our world who see us playing video games and think, what a waste of time and what a poor use of God's talents and gifts. Are we sure we should be paying attention to these guys? What they don't see is how those video games become the catalyst for change. There are so many people who are more willing to let their guard down and talk to us even about spiritual matters simply because we want to play video games with them. It's a big deal. People on the outside circles try to convince themselves that your hobby that they don't like cannot possibly be edifying to God. But in reality, what hobby is intrinsically glorifying to God? Your hobby might be to play guitar, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's glorifying to God unless you use that guitar skill to worship him. Maybe even to lead others in worship or to teach someone who really wants to learn. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. That leaves the door open for a lot of our nerdy pursuits as well. So chill out, pick up a controller, and maybe that way when we're all in heaven, when me, Billy Graham, and Abraham Lincoln challenge you to a race in Mario Kart, you won't be all like, no idea what's going on, and I am freaking out, homie. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. I'm sorry I was so grumpy. It's just, I'm sad that I had to leave before doing all the human things that I wanted to do. I wanted to get my hair wet. I, I wanted to pull a hamstring to learn the difference between toward and towards. I wanted to do that thing where you walk down the hallway and someone else is walking the other way and then you both lean to one side and then the other and then you both chuckle over your shared foible. I wanted to get a rewards card, any rewards card. I wanted to eat a saltine. Oh. I actually have some saltines. Here, try this. Pretty dry. And too salty. Well, going out on a real low note here. Okay, bye everyone. In the seventh episode of the first season of The Good Place, we see Michael realizing that the problems being caused in the Good Place neighborhood that he created were likely caused by him. And so he's decided that he must retire. And while we won't get into exactly what retirement means in this scenario, suffice it to say, he's regretful of all the things that he didn't get to accomplish. That's something that all of us tend to deal with in our lives. 
We look back on times that have passed and thought, man, if only I'd have done this, if only I could have done that, things could be so much better now. Now, looking back and evaluating our mistakes in the past is, is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, that can actually help us spur forward to do the right thing in the future. But when we live looking back in the past, regretting the things that we did or didn't do, that's when things start to go downhill for us. Because see, when we live in the past, we live in denial. We live in depression. We live in anxiety. And doing that for such an extended period of time, well, that is going to affect our daily lives. And trust me, people notice. What's uh, happening, buddy? You have a crazy look in your eye and you're retreating into your shirt. You're kind of like turtling. In Philippians 3.13, we see Apostle Paul say to the church of Philippi, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, I'm not gonna dwell on the past. What I did in the past, the mistakes that I made back then, I'm not going to live there anymore. Instead, I'm going to look forward to what God has for me in the future, and I'm going to work towards the goals that he has laid at my feet. That should be the goal that you have for your mental health and your spiritual journey. And oftentimes that's going to require some outside help, whether that just be a few friends to lean on or professional therapy. Some cases, even medication is required to overcome a depressive state that we've let ourselves stay in for too long. But never give up striving for that future. That way, the devil have one less button to push. Oh man, I wanted to push that button. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. I'm not sure what will work with Sean, but we should have all our bases covered. Shall we start with the Greeks, or would you prefer the modern British masters? Chidi? I'm sorry. Choices are hard for me when I'm under pressure. I know that, buddy, but we're short of time here, and it's kind of important for Eleanor. Right. Which is why I can't take this lightly. What if I screw up? Listen, I don't need the cheaty who once had a panic attack during rock, paper, scissors because there were, and I quote, just too many variables. I need the cheaty who stormed in here and told me to stop Eleanor's train without thinking of consequences. Oh boy, now I'm nervous about that decision. Retroactively? I mean, how, how do you even... I don't know. In the 10th episode of the first season of The Good Place, Eleanor's been found out. She's revealed herself as not belonging here. But now, Michael and Chidi are working to try and figure out how to keep her here. And Sean, the all-powerful deciding judge, is on his way to make a decision, and they need to come up with a plan fast. Unfortunately, Chidi can't even make a basic decision on where to start. In fact, we'll see throughout the series that his inability to make even a basic decision between two options is basically non-existent. And it's ruined a lot of things in his life, including, well, being alive. How's it going? Terribly. Cool. Well, you guys are kind of my last hope, so that's not great. Uh, Indecision can ruin our lives, truly. It can be a plague that keeps us caught in its web. But there is a way out of it. There's a method and a path. First, think about who or what your authority is. 
What knowledge do you use to help you make decisions? Secondly, use your intuition, sometimes known as your gut feeling, but it's often the Holy Spirit guiding you. Just make sure not to confuse him with being overly emotional. Use reason, logic, consider thoughtfully your path ahead. Use your experience from the past to inform your future. And lastly, turn to the sages in your life, the wisdom, the people that God has put in your path, in your church, in your Bible studies, in your ministries to lead you forward. Use their example and their experience to guide you. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. The bottom line is, just like in anything in this faith, we're not made to do this alone. God wants us to work together to help each other out in all of our circumstances, and that includes making a big decision. Get out of your own head and let a few other people open their minds to help you. That way you won't be cheaty. Oh, no. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm relieved, but this is embarrassing. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. It took me a while to figure it out. But just now, as we were all fighting and yelling at each other and each one of us demanding we should go to the bad place, I thought to myself, man, this is torture. And then it hit me. They're never going to call a train to take us to the bad place. They can't because we're already here. This is the bad place. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe you figured it out. E, yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry about that. But in the last episode of the first season of The Good Place, we find out that, nope, they're not in the good place at all. They're being tortured in the bad place in an elaborate deception. And of course, knowing this knowledge, looking back on the first 12 episodes of the season, we can clearly see that, oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense now. But most of us who watched the series as it was airing really believe that this was supposed to be some version of heaven and that they were trying to fix what was going wrong with heaven in order to get it to be perfect, not that this was an elaborate deception. It was a big twist and one that I honestly didn't see coming. And that's kind of been the devil's lie from the very beginning, that this world that he's in control of can be perfect if we can just fix one or two things or do one or two tasks. I mean, it goes back to the Garden of Eden. You can be like God if you just eat this apple. In Matthew 4, verses 8 through 10, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All of these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. But then Jesus replied, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That's right, the devil had the audacity to tempt God's own son with paradise, with everything he could ever want. And he does that to all of us today, trying to convince us that this world is all there is, and this can be your paradise. Oh, it looks like paradise but it's actually a filthy dumpster full of our worst anxieties. Don't wait until the afterlife to find out that you have built up your treasures in the wrong place. This world should not be our home and it should not be a place where we seek after our own pleasure. 
Instead, give your life to God and devote yourself to trying to live as righteous and selfless and loving and giving as you can and build up your treasures in heaven. And that way, when you reach the actual good place, you'll hear the devil say, You really suck. You, you ruined everything. You know that? Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch on the Back Row Morning Show every Monday, right here on LTN Radio.